That's your t-shirt now, don't I? This is the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. Hello. Welcome to Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. Today, I'm Jericho Denman. I'm Jericho Denman every day. But today, I also have Baker. Baker Levitt's been on before. And Kevin Reeves, been on before. And our special guest of the day is Amber English, uh, Olympic gold medalist and veteran and just all around cool dude. <laughs> Et. Et. Yeah. Thanks. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. How's your day? Good. We were busy out of the range and it's been fun. A little hot today. Yeah. Got some it? nice farmer's tans going. Absolutely. It looked like a bunch of Napoleon yeah. uh, ice cream that somebody ate all the chocolate out of. There's some really bad sunburns yesterday. Yeah. Really bad. A lot of long sleeve shirts this morning. Yes. But the hood's up. Yeah. The sun came up. Amber was in town. We're shooting a uh, video for the 4th of July with a bunch of uh, other Black Rifle folks. And she came out to do some trick shots. So you'll be seeing that. Maybe How'd you perform? This. How'd you do? How'd you do? Um, are we giving the PC answer or the real? You can do whatever you want. We just want, shot like we, we Ray the, Charles this morning, but truth. you know, it's fine. Shot like a dead person? <laughs> blind. He's not dead, is he? Oh, blind. <laughs> he has to be dead. Blind. He would be like 150. What's the other guy that doesn't have eyeballs that sings? Uh, <laughs> uh, Stevie Wonder. Stevie, Stevie's still going. Yeah, Stevie's still alive. Yeah. Staying strong. Now I have to know, is Ray Charles alive or not? Dude, there's no way. He's just, no of course way. he's dead. I'm not a mathiologist, so don't <laughs> challenge me. I'm no geography expert, but I'm pretty sure he's old. You know I don't speak Spanish. Okay. okay. Mm, we'll have to find that out, though. So anyway, so you didn't shoot well. I, I got what we needed to get done. So, which is interesting because, you know, when you're on a set like that and you see all the videos that we produce, and you're like, oh my God, that looks so awesome. And you're like, oh, they just run out there with a couple cameras and knock it out and everything's great. Then when you participate in one and you see the whole th- work up, you're like, oh, wow, there's a ton of work that mm-hmm. goes on the backside of these things, which is fascinating to see. So for those of you listening, it's going to look like she shot really, you're going to look like you shot like a gold medalist. Yeah, perfect. It was the third shot that was getting you. 10 out of 10. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. No misses. Did you grow up shooting a lot? No, actually, well, I grew up shooting occasionally. Um, It was kind of a family thing. My dad was an avid hunter, so he got us shooting at a young age, just gun safety, basic firearm safety from a young age. Um, What's young age? How young? I think I started uh, shooting at like six. Okay. Ish. It's kind of when I can remember. What what was your first gun you started shooting? Oh, like a baby, probably a BB gun and then up to 22 and then from there on out. Um, but yeah, my family has a background in competitive shooting and I actually grew up doing gymnastics my whole life. And then, uh, right before college, I decided that I was kind of too broken to <laughs> pursue that. So I took a, uh, took a big break and then got into shooting myself. Awesome. How long ago was that? A while ago. 32. Don't tell anybody. So <laughs> when did you, at what age did you start shooting like serious, like super seriously? Like, this is, I'm doing this. Um, the end of high school. Okay. Yep. And then <clears throat> how long did it take you to make it to the Olympics? A long time. Yeah, I made the 2020 Olympic team or 2021, whatever you want to call it now. Um, but it, it took a long time. I took a few years off here and there. Um, I went to paramedic school in Colorado. So I took a year off for that and then um, joined the Army and took another year off for that. So it's been been a lot of ups and downs. Hmm. Worth it, though? Yeah, totally worth it. 
Would you say that the the background of your peers, like the people that you would go to trials with and all that stuff, like Americans who were competitive shooters was the same as yours or do people come from all different crazy backgrounds? Like, yeah. is it like a weird, like there's like a niche community of these people you'd never think they were the type mm-hmm. of people that did it. Yeah, everybody has such a different story. Um, we, uh, I was lucky enough to be part of the Army Marksmanship Unit in Fort Benning uh, while I made the Olympic team. And so there's a community of people there that kind of had similar stories with being in the military and trying to pursue their Olympic dream. But besides that, everybody has such a unique story. Okay, so I'm a little slow. High school. <laughs> yep. End of high school, you start shooting competitively. Yep. What are you shooting at that point? I was shooting international skeet, same okay. thing. Okay. Got started in in shotgun sports mm-hmm. and then stayed with it. Okay. So college, what was your major? Did you shoot throughout college or was that the, the longer break that you were doing? Yep. So back then, um, shotgun sports weren't really big in collegiate things. So it was uh, kind of a new thing. I lived at the Olympic Training Center, okay. Colorado Springs. Awesome. I uh, went to school part-time, sometimes full-time, other semesters. Um, I graduated with my bachelor's in health science mm-hmm. and my senior year. That's when I also got my paramedic gotcha. stuff. Okay. So I worked in and around Colorado Springs, Denver, Woodland Park as a paramedic for several years. And then I joined the military. Awesome. Twenty seven. Okay. Okay. That's cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I what, still kept up with my cert. Were you, were you like a emergency paramedic, like yep. on an ambulance? Yep. All that? Yep. Let's hear some gnarly stories. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. guys are you guys are both. Yeah, that's what we talked about. Yeah, so, you guys are both nurses. You're like an automotive yeah. nurse, and you're a sky nurse. I'm a sky nurse, absolutely sky fairy nurse. Yeah, um, yeah also lived in Colorado Springs, so mm-hmm. we shared some some. You guys are like basically the same person. Yeah, basically. Only I'm not a good shot. Have you seen the documentary <laughs> for the father? They could be related. I actually have heard the opposite that you are a good shot. Skeet things flying through the air. Oh, not yeah, so yeah. Much. yeah. Not so much. No. no. None of you soft guys can shoot shotguns. <laughs> I don't know what that uh, is. Yeah, I, come the on, man. No, hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. She's seen me. <laughs> yeah. There I is actually have seen There is evidence to support your far-fledged opinions every once in a while. You guys, when <laughs> I saw it with shoot, my own eyes. When you're trained to shoot pistols, ARs, rifles, you are never taught to continually move the barrel. That is the difference between shooting a, a rifle or a pistol. The hallmark of being a good uh, soft member is uh, being adaptive and, you know, figuring things out. So. That's true. But I would argue with, you know, the like Mozambique or multiple target engagement, like it was learned, tempo shooting later on was learned to continue to move the weapon under recoil. But you're never swinging through. Correct. Yeah. So do, would you agree with this, Amber, that it's, it's rare that you, before three gun, it was rare that you would see people that were good with a rifle and also good with a shotgun. Like, they're, they're, it's totally opposite of shooting. Yeah, most people, when they're really good with a rifle pistol, when you put a shotgun in their hands, they automatically look back at the barrel instead of taking their eyes to the target out there. Mm. So they'll constantly check back and forth, and then they usually stop the gun. They call it a dead gun. Dead gun. That would be mm. a cool tattoo. You should get that on your knuckles. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'll work on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, guns. So you fill them out. Yeah, dead guns. Hey, guns. I'll pay for one hand. Okay. Yeah, I got, one hand. Cool. Get the other. I got the other one. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I know what we're we'll doing after this. So, um, real quick, can you explain the different shotgun disciplines mm-hmm. to people listening? Yeah. So, um, we shoot the international style of shotgun in the Olympics. Uh, at your basic gun club, you'll have the American versions. But specifically for international and the games, you have trap and skeet. So a lot of that stuff was formed based on hunting 
game. Um, skeet is all side to side and trap goes out in front. Yeah, so ah. trap missed the box and they just go away. Yep. And skeet, you have the two towers and the birds side come out different. Yep. Then there's also sporting clays, mm -hmm. which I love, and I would love to challenge you in shooting that sometime. Kay. Is that the one where the where it hops along the ground? Yeah, it's so they have the all a whole different presentation of targets. You pretty much, we call it, you know, golf in the woods with your shotgun. No, so I've, I've done that before. Carts, yeah. It's a blast. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot of fun. It, yeah. It's very really similar to yeah. shooting ducks or doves or whatever. They were trying to make a push to get it in the Olympics, but they haven't been successful so Are far. Are you any good at that? Um, I haven't practiced it a lot, but we do a lot for charity shoots and sometimes we'll get competitive. <laughs> so next shocking. time you're here. All right. It's we're going to go out to the... Uh, it's the National Shooting Complex here, which is here in San Antonio. Yep. And we're going to go head to head. All right. And then you guys we'll bet something on it. in fourth place. What? I, <laughs> I will. I, right now, I am saying that I'm going to beat Baker at whatever this is. Okay. 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 Deal. Okay. Hold on. Hold I on. can't Hold wait on. to see this. Hold on. Look back at me laughing at you. I, what is the wager? Oh. Um, oh, yeah. Now, now, let me say this. <laughs> let me say this. We're not going to bet because you will lose really, really badly. <laughs> okay. Kevin and Baker have been in town for the whole week. Me and Baker have made a number of bets. That's correct. What do you think he's batting as far as bets won against me? Before you I don't answer, think he's... Before you answer that, before, you remove the spirit of the game in the way that you bet. He only bets when he's right. He won't that's take a, a chance. It's a safe bet. I mean, some. But that's, you're not going to bet on a bad he's, horse. He's, right now, he's saying this as he's trying to talk me out of betting him because yeah. he thinks I have Tactic. no chance. Let, well, let me let me. Jericho's say actually playing a game called I Win because he's stacking the odds in his favor. You're betting. He is sucking the spirit out of the game in betting is what he's doing. <laughs> so listen, with a shotgun, I, I, I can assure you, you are a better pistol shot, long gun shot, and a better shot with an AR than I am. Well, I have no doubt in my mind. I will walk the dog on you with a shotgun. <laughs> Why won't you just take Love the bet it. then? Why don't I ask you to name terms? I, and as I was about to, you there said, has to be consequences. I've, I've seen a lot of black rifle <sighs> tattoos. Hold on, maybe we're cutting best. a finger off. <laughs> a loser loses a finger. Which finger? You get to decide. Uh, make a loser chooses which finger they have to give up. Book it. Okay. <laughs> Next time, Jericho. They're going to be practicing a lot. I don't mean a knuckle. I'm talking. You're taking two knuckles off. The whole finger? Yeah. Gross. And the other guy has to do it. No. What kind of knife? Oh, like in the like in the uh, the movie where the guy got trapped himself on purpose in the boulder. Oh uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, oh absolutely. No. Pliers. No. Drama machine. <laughs> what he's trying to do is call my bluff. <laughs> yeah. You, Not gonna work. You'll lose. I've shot a shotgun a lot more than you have. Like I've been hunting for thirty years. Like that's that's my thing. That's my jam. I'm good at things. That's my jam. All right, I'm so moving on. I know more than you. <laughs> so okay, moving on. How long? I love did, it. Hey, how long did we talk about the? The bet here that isn't even going to take it, place because Baker's like, scared. I feel you see like how the he, conversation's just getting started. He kicked the can down the road on that quite a ways. Like anyway, nine minutes. The Olympics. And speaking of getting new sports into them, when you went to the games, were there any people there that everyone else was like, those guys are on like the ping pong team or the, or the badminton team? Was there like the nerd Olympians and then like the real Olympians? Like inline skating or something weird. Yeah. I mean, I just think... I don't personally share that opinion or, you know, you just respect everybody who has made it to that You're level. not still on a team. You're not on a PR tour no, for the team No, but right really, now. I don't. I mean, it takes a lot. Even if they're good at ping pong or whatever, it's still, I mean, we don't that get our ass kicked to it. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Not ping pong. Ping pong's hard. Like, like curling. Hard. I mean, I Huge wouldn't be fan. able to do it. 
Really? Curling That's is great. great. I wouldn't be able Amazing. to do it. But yeah. I've always, I've always wondered, like when I, I love the Olympics, by the way, winter, summer, I love all of it. But there are some sports that are so niche that I'm like, man, if I have kids, I'm going to just teach them this thing because yeah. there's probably like three other people in the country that want to do this. Yeah. They're definitely no, going to be Olympians. There's no bronze medalists because there weren't enough people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No. And I'd be like, yeah, my kid's an Olympian. No big deal. And they're like, yeah, but he does, you know, the, the problem, coffee cup flipping. The, the problem I have with Olympic sports is like they tried to get rid of Olympic wrestling, which mm-hmm. is the, 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 basically one of the first three sports that the Olympics were based around because they said it didn't have a big enough draw. But then they have like rhythm gymnastics where they run around with like ribbons and stuff. And I think that's kind of strange. Yeah. yeah. It still looks cool. Though. They're very talented too. But I think um, the Olympic side of the house gets very political. And that's the issue with the Olympics in general. So are you still shooting competitively? I am. I took a little bit of a break. Um, I, huh, yeah, I definitely needed it. Um, I got into medical device sales for a few months and then I just quit that two weeks ago. So back on the gun full time. Uh, back to business. Are you going for another trip to the Olympics? I'm going to try. Okay. Yep, 24. We have to requalify and go through that whole jam and go from there. Where are there like trials where you compete for a spot? Yep, or is it just- Olympic trials. They were trying to go through and determine what that series was going to look like for us. Um, our international committee was trying to change everything. They're under the Rus- Russian Federation. So with uh. everything going on, they were having their own political issues. So we were seeing what was going to happen. And now the U.S. is coming up with their own trial system for... Back to your your actual event. So the event you compete in, is it the same, like, I guess, target array? Mm-hmm. Or is it like like the judge's choice and there's different... Can you explain the scoring and all that? Yeah, so you have a high house and a low house. And we have a series of stations. So it's all in a semicircle, seven stations on the outside and one in the middle. So you have eight stations. Hold on. So a high house is one tower here and there's one tower here. Mm-hmm. One's a high house, one's a low house. And then in between those, there's eight stations kind of in an arc. Yep. And they move stations. So high house, low house. Oh, you, okay, okay. Yeah, so we there's six people to a squad and then, so I'll shoot first, another person will shoot second, and then third, and then you all move to the next station. People shoot. on other teams. Yep. Okay. Yeah, usually you're just mixed with, say you could have Italy, China, whoever, all on and your squad. One through eight or one through six? The, the different positions you stand in. Oh, no, we, once we get our bib number, that's where we're shooting in that okay. order the whole day. And then the next day it'll switch. So they usually like invert the squads. So if you're first, you'll be in third the next day or whatever. Do you have a shot that you just do not miss? First, wait, what's the harder? There's got to be one that's harder for you than others. I mean, we call it the baseline target. So station one, which is coming out over your head and then going across. And then station seven, which is all those kind of going away shots. I mean, they're so easy, but you have to pay attention to them because right. you don't focus and those are stupid targets to miss. And then how many how many like rounds do you guys run through on qualification? Um, in the States now, we're shooting 125. So it's broken up over two days, 75 and 50. Okay. Now we're both shooting, men and women are both shooting 250 in the States. Overseas, we only shoot 125. How, and out of those, how like when you shot... Out of 100, how many are you going to hit? Um, I mean, it just depends. Like we shoot in all, we all shoot in all elements and everything like that. So we're definitely in the upper 90s trying to get 98, 99, 100. So only like one or two misses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really have to be on your game and skeet. When you won the gold, how many misses did you have? I shot a 121 out of 125. 
So the first day I was sitting in seventh place and I wasn't too upset about it because I know all these other girls had to sleep on it too. And we're used to it in the States, having to sleep on our competition and everything. So I was pretty happy to be up there, but not on the top. How big was, how big was the field? Seven out of how many? What? You oh, said you were in seventh. Oh, seventh. Um, I think there was 30 something. It's okay. pretty small and they only take top two per country. Okay. How did your partner do? Um, she was one or two out of the final. A really young girl from Fort Worth. She so was really good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm real ki- like curious about the train up for it. Yeah. So what kind? What does your average day look like? I should say, what's your like? How many training days a week are you doing? And then what does that day look like, both volume and timing? So it was that was the biggest challenge leading up to this Olympics. We had COVID in the mix. So all the train up and everybody else who had experience making Olympic teams and meddling and everything, we didn't really have them to lean on either for advice to get ready. So there for a while, no one shot because everything in Fort Benning was shut down. Uh, we were teleworking, which <laughs> what did we can't what teleworking that shotgun? Mean, like, just dry firing in the drink beer and sit outside. <laughs> like, what do you do in Fort Benning? <laughs> Oh. That's what you do when it's not COVID. COVID. <laughs> no, but, um, and then, yeah, to get ready for this match, it was challenging because we would normally have World Cups that we would go to. And that's really how you tre- or test your training and, mm-hmm. and see if you're on par and you get a way to, to test everything you're doing. And we didn't get that opportunity either. So I had to get really creative and get the guys engaged to train and stuff. And we would hold like mock matches every week in Fort Benning and, and put something on the line to get him, you know, invested in it. But I would say on a heavy day, I was shooting over 500 shells wow. a day. And then other days I would just be like, I'm going to walk out and only shoot 75 targets. If I suck, like I have to put my gun away and figure out how to figure it out in my head to go be able to do it the next day. Do people uh, in in that, <clears throat> in your sport get the yips? You. What do you mean? So the yips is a baseball thing. So like when a pitcher can't throw the ball to first base or the pitcher can't get the ball to the catcher, like he's wild. They just, something gets in their head and they get the yips. And they like, oh, yeah, just ever, can't perform. Yeah. Like, like they shit the bed. Yeah. yeah. Just, but it's like, exactly. it's one of those things you have to work on. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you can definitely throw yourself down a rabbit hole and I mean, shooting is super mental after we've trained so long, it's all mental and you can you know, push yourself to do really well or push yourself out of it real quick. I found with training, sometimes you just have a bad day yeah. on the range and maybe you need to hang it up, like you said, you know, finish that day, move on to the next. Like so Dave Baker's going to have one we bet on this shotgun thing. <laughs> he came back and he has. I'll shoot left-handed. Oh, so will I. now, now. <laughs> He's left-handed. It. I'll shoot left-handed too. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll shoot, we'll shoot 20, 20, 20, uh, 20 targets. Okay. And that, that's, we'll figure it out. All right. Yeah. Look it. He's going to be is, practicing a lot. <laughs> you can't practice. Uh, what? You can't Ooh. practice leading up to this. Why wouldn't you practice? You see how he's, he's that's, chicken no, it out, man. No, no. He's calling it right now. You're, you're calling the dance and you're trying to call the music. I mean, if I'm going to practice for a couple weeks and that that's, threatens your 30 years of hunting, like, okay. <laughs> or like, yeah, I won't practice. For sure, I'm not. Yeah. I won't. This is outrageous. So he was, you guys were talking about the mental uh, part of your event, but how physically like hard is it? Because you're just standing there, right? Is what I think. But yeah. I'm sure it's physical. Like, are there people there who are like, 
not in shape. Yeah, I mean, you have all walks of life doing it, but it's it's honestly like muscle memory and and getting the move down. And then, so I that, mean, if you can't handle shooting your shotgun 500 times a day, I mean, I guess you have to adjust okay. something. But <laughs> so probably like yeah. mental fatigue is much greater than the physical fatigue. Oh, yeah. Fatigue. Mm-hmm. 100%. You ever see people cry? Oh, yeah. You ever see guys cry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> were there, were there, so uh, how Not many? Not a long time, oh, yeah. but I've definitely seen all of it. I can't do it. Really I cried before I came seriously in. Seriously pissed off, too, you know? I might cry during this. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I never know. You're going to uh, cry when you cut that finger off. At the, at the AMU, the Army Marksmanship Unit mm-hmm. that you're assigned to, how many other Olympians were assigned there when you were? Like, or what, percent, what percentage of that unit is comprised of like, you know, I can only really speak to our section on the shotgun team. We have another Olympic gold medalist in there um, currently, Glenn Eller. And then we had um, Vinny Hancock, who won his third gold medal there. Great name. Vinny Hancock. Yeah. What's he, his name? Vinny Hancock. Oh, wow. That's an amazing that, name. That's born. <laughs> that's a 70s baseball that's pitcher. That's his third, <laughs> third Olympic gold medal. And he won two in the unit before. So um, the... The kid that I went with, he was also part of the AMU. He was a younger ski kid, and it was cool. How, how does that work to get into AMU? Mm-hmm. How did you? What did your? Yeah, well, how, you're an officer. You yeah. were. We need, we need to put that you out were never a one. member of Third Ranger Battalion, so I don't really know how you got into the I, AMU. Yeah. How does it work? What did <laughs> Shot you come better, in? I guess. I mean, <laughs> get on my level. What did you come in as? Yeah, so I actually went through the World Class Athlete Program, which is out of Fort Carson. And that's a, a unit that houses all sorts of Olympians, um, swimming, boxing, wrestling is a big one, shooting. There's a whole bunch of different sports. Um, and I decided to join the military as an officer. I was 27 when I joined. So I was like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do 20 years. I'm going to go in as high as I can and get out as high as I can and then and see what happens. Um, the AMU at the time didn't have any officer slots. So I was able to go through the world-class athlete program and then get attached to the AMU after that. Hmm. So you went, you're basically going in to do that specific. Yeah. And most, most of them in the AMU are recruited as a civilian. They're already shooters and then they come over. Got it. Now, what about the enlisted numbers? How many, why do they, is it just if you have college or not, that's literally the choice if you get recruited? Um, for the AMU? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most. I was the only female officer in that section. And then they had one other in rifle. So we were only two two officers and probably 115 is, people. Is Glenny Hancock a... Vinny. Vinny Hancock a CAI? Is he an officer? No, he's actually out of the military now. I, I wanted Vinny to make general. I'm disappointed. I, I guarantee you. I guarantee you he's got a hell of a knuckleball. Yeah. Left-handed knuckleball. I guarantee you. Yeah. Baseball sounds like whipping yeah. him in there. But sometimes he loses control. <laughs> so he intimidates the batter. He gets a case of the, what do they call it? Hips. Yips. Yips. Yeah. Yips. I mean, he's I in Texas too. I mean, you could probably meet him if you want. Let's get him on. Vinny, if you're listening, yeah. we want to meet you. Um, <laughs> are, are there any people, are there any people that make it to the Olympics that are just in the shooting that are just not good? Where you're no. like, man, how did you get here? No. no. No? No, I mean, even for me to make this team was hard. We have the most competitive shooting team in the whole, like, world. No, no, Women's I, ski I know is we super. do. I'm saying, like, other countries, like, oh, in the Olympics, you're like, you yeah. missed half the, the, the clays. I mean, there you have to have a, you have to shoot a minimum qualifying score to even be eligible to compete in the Olympics. Okay. 
So that's um, why the field that is small. MQS that's, is not competitive here. Yeah, that's pretty Italy low, right? Or China or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And MQS. You, you'll see like Olympic weightlifting. You'll yeah. see someone from like, you know, a country you've never heard, population mm-hmm. like 400 people, and they're, yeah. they're lifting like less than I do. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah, they're pools. Oh, that's like a. Uh, what's her name? The gal that won the CrossFit Games also qualified for the Australian Olympic team. Yeah, exactly. Claire Toomey. Yeah, she, exactly. It, yeah. It's like a... She was actually pretty good though. I think she did well at the Olympics. Like she, she's she like, like 30th? Like That's fine. 10. No, 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 no. God, no. No. Absolutely. No, <laughs> no. I won't make She it. wouldn't have like even made the trials here. Oh, like, uh, okay, yeah. okay. okay. Yeah. So, anyway. Speaking, I know what I was going to ask before when I forgot. It'll come. It'll come. When you're competing, are there countries that are like, you know, when you watch like the Mighty Ducks or Cool Runnings or movies about the Olympics and there's always like the mean team that like you don't want to hang out with the parties. Are there mean girls? Are there like, like, hey, don't get, don't get a firing position next to Portugal because they're, they're real shysters. They're like, they'll kick know, their shell casings at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Throw I off mean, that game. stuff definitely happens, but. Um, Who's the worst? So there's drama. I mean, every sport has drama, but... We want to know about yours. We want to hear who the worst country to compete against yeah. is. No, we don't have like a bad country to compete against, but our biggest competitors are Italy and China. Who don't you like? That's what we're really getting at. Yeah, we Italy and hear, China, right? I don't really... D- I don't even really deal with it. Like, if I don't want to talk to you, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> there's, so there's no chirping going on. There's no, no like shit not talk. not really. Maybe on the guy's side a little bit. No, we all kind of... So it, I, I mean, once you get to that certain level, it's everybody has a good sportsmanship and you're just like... On, on, on camera. We want to know what happens off the camera. <laughs> no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. there. I'm getting yeah. there. However, I would like to know, is has there been a negligent discharge or accidental discharge during any of... I really want to know if AMU has one. Um, No, not that I've seen. Mm-mm. Has there ever been a I fight? mean, we've... A fight, yeah. like a fist fight, yeah. a shoving match, no. a schoolyard shoving match. Not that I've seen. Some of the coaches get into it a little bit. Okay. But no. now, all right, now we're now we're talking about it. No, I mean, I mean, some people have been accused of cheating overseas. Okay, and stuff how like would they that, cheat? So. Yeah, how how would you? So cheat? they would. Um, we start with a line on our vest, and they measure it. And so, like, if they come up above the line before the target comes out, or whatever, okay. the refs don't call it, or or they seriously miss that target and other people say that they saw a piece and depending on what country you're in and where the refs are from, they could see a piece and count it broken and everybody knows. Do they bullshit. Re- like, can they review the footage, like plays? And like VAR? Sports? Yeah, they do have VAR now in shooting and now they're starting to mess with how many times a coach can call VAR and stuff like that. So. Okay, okay. Yeah. Who has the best fan base? Like, are there any like groupies? We want to know about the groupies. Groupies? Yeah. Like in the, the U.S. people or just in general? Yeah, there's got to be like guys that like follow you all around and ask for autographs and stuff. And I mean, we're shooters, not <laughs> swimmers or something. Wait, wait, yeah, swimmers get to have that happen? Oh, yeah. I can name be an Olympic Michael shooter, Phelps. Amber English. I cannot name an Olympic swimmer. I can name one, Michael Phelps. That's all. Yeah. He's, he's, he's old news, man. Tiger Woods. So that, I mean, all these guys have That's like golf. major. I know, but they all have major <laughs> fan bases. Just curious. Um, Italy has a huge number of people that shoot and they have ranges everywhere across Italy. So there's always a good showing anywhere. So over there. you were gold. What other countries got silver and bronze? 
Uh, an Italian got silver and Chinese got bronze. Dang. Yeah, USA. Hell USA. USA. America. I do understand. <laughs> and the now. woman that took bronze, she was the reigning gold medalist from 2016. So trying to make sure she didn't get repeat gold. Ousted. Yeah, I just realized why you're answering all these questions and staying away from the dirt because she wants to go back to the Olympics. Right. Oh, I'm not scared. I forgot. I'm not scared. I'm she wants scared. to go back. Okay, I have some I have some uh a question that's not going to get you kicked off the Olympic team. <laughs> so I want to hear about all the cool perks, the perks you don't hear about. Like, do you get a big giant like Team USA? Like I saw earlier when we were out at the range, you were wearing like USA slides, like flip-flops, yeah, which is I not a- from the Olympics. Hell yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I wonder all, what all kind of cool stuff you got. Swag. Like, we what'd you get? The yeah. We want to know about the swag, the perks. Swag. You get like 10% off at Applebee's, anything like that? Like, no, none of that. Um, but- when we showed up at the Olympic Village, there were already bags in our rooms because normally you would go through like an in-processing area and go through fitting and stuff like that um, before you go to the games. But I had two or three big duffel bags full of clothes and stuff like that. And then you have opening ceremony outfits, closing ceremony stuff, all that. I those. Were you wearing, were you wearing, oh a, God, not a, were you wearing a cowboy hat? No. no, no, we did that one year. <laughs> they, but like, like the past after. two Olympics, it's like the the opening ceremony outfits have been rather a little bit ridiculous. Interesting, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're super hot. Like we yeah. were sweating horribly. It's like they want you all to look like a bunch of sailors. Like you're competing in like, America's Cup. Yeah. yeah, wasn't the hat something weird? I well, they had a beret. Was it a beret? We didn't have that this time. Okay, mm-hmm. oh. but they have before. And then this was during quarantine too, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like super serious about the lockdowns yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we had a test before, um, 96 hours before, 72 hours before. And then in-country was when we had to download all these tracking apps and all that. Interesting. So and we actually, had daily COVID tests at the games. That goes along with my next question, which is, it's probably going to be negated based on the rules. I'm assuming you guys had to stay with your team or mm-hmm. were you able to mingle with everybody at that point? Was it free game after everybody was tested and you're with the other athletes? Yeah, I mean, you were still subjected to daily COVID tests. So if you're out running around with all these other teams and somebody pops hot and they have, you know, you're within close contact based on your phone, then, I mean, you were potentially not able to be. All right. That would be devastating. Let me get to my real question though. I've heard (laughs) from friends that the behind the scenes at the Olympics can get wild. A little little wild. Yeah. True? False? I definitely think it's true. Tell me a story. Yeah. I mean, we were there. So shooting is one of the first few sports that competes in the Olympics. Before, they were the first medal handed out at the Olympics. Um, This games was different because once you competed, you had 48 hours to get out of country. Oh, wow. So it wasn't like, you know, leading up to it, you weren't that wild because you had a job to do. So I'm not going to blow the last 10 years on stupid stuff when you just pay attention and then... 48 hours, you had to be out of the country. That's rude. Yeah. So they said, they said, if you want a gold medal, you can stay. And I'm like, what am I going to do here in COVID country? (laughs) Like, just watch by myself. Go chirping. Go chirp on those Italians. No, so I left. I left. I went home with all my teammates and then got to see family and friends. That was cool. Did you watch any of the other Olympic events? I did. Yeah. Yeah. What other sports do you like? I mean, anything on the Olympics I'll watch just because I know how much it takes to get there and... Just the feeling of being there and walking out, you know, opening ceremony. You're like, oh my God. Was it worth it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. It was worth it. Yeah. Do you have awesome. your medal with you now? I do. Yeah. Can I, can I, I pass that bad boy around. <laughs> Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> have you ever touched a gold medal? Yeah. I touched this one. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I'm really you, looking Kevin? forward to it again. First time. When yeah. he slayed all those pheasants. <laughs> oh. So you've seen him shoot a shotgun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just going to let you do the talking. How Did you miss any pheasants? No. Hit them all. It was kind of like on camera with me this this time, you know? This thing's hefty. It's really this heavy. <laughs> pheasant's really easy. I think that's where his confidence is coming from. I've also done the event. Is, I've done the actual this event. This is hubris. Don't call it an event. It's an event. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> How many times have you thought that you lost that? Zero. I mean, I, I try. Metal? I don't. I don't really take it a lot of places, especially if you're like out drinking or anything. You know, I don't want to deal with that. But. You don't wear it out. I don't wear it out no. to a bar. Like, no. I have it on my keychain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd w- stroll up. So to the, the red face Robin of bar. it is the super traditional. That's what you'll see on every Summer Olympic Games medal. And then the backside is what the host country Ooh. gets to design. Right. <laughs> so. Wow, Metal question. Super cool. When you get it, do you have to sign for it in any way? Is it like serial number? No. Like you can do whatever you want with it. You yep. can sell it on eBay. Okay. Yep. So for instance, all those uh, Soviet Ru- or not Soviets, Russians that got their medals plucked because they cheated them and they cheated. They were doping. Yep. And they're like, give your medal back. Is that just in, or could they be like, I don't have it anymore. And just not You know, I, I cannot answer that question. I have no idea. I would assume that they would redistribute like a new metal. Yeah. So like if, <laughs> I don't think if they, they were like, hey, anything. Amber English, we found out that you were juicing pretty hard before yeah. the games. I don't we think want they your would give back. that to somebody else. I think like, it'd be awesome if you got a medal. <laughs> like your it's medal like is dirty and torn up. And like here, this is your <laughs> right pre- your name previous, on it. The previous location scratched <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, it's like scratched. <laughs> they like, write the new one in with the Dremel tool. <laughs> I don't think they do well, that. They, just put like a, they had a little sticker that went over it. Yeah. I always wonder that. I'm like, who is that a full-time position at the Olympic Committee? Like, I'm the guy that goes and gets the medals back. <laughs> I have no idea, the to be honest. Reaper. I don't know. I'm just going to hold on to this. Let me see. Okay. I, I didn't I'm pretty thing. sure that you do it. If you get busted, like, you have to mail it back. Like, yeah. in cycling, they, some guys had to um, turn them. Yeah, you, didn't, sure. you didn't sign anything, though. You just said. No. Yeah. But, oh, it's what are they going to do? Yeah. I, I have no idea. I haven't met anyone that's had to give their medal back. <laughs> What what is is this this it's a Russian thing. Jamie, pull that up. What is this? Throwing some accusations out. That is probably made out of like um, recycled cell phones and everything else. Is the country that hosts them responsible for making the medals? Tokyo. I believe so. I had heard that it was like recycled cell phones and everything else. And then it's also silver and gold plated. Yeah, it's silver. Mm. Body. Silver is the only metal that's like usually straight up silver. And show. bronze is usually copper. But okay. it's gold plated. You wouldn't know about those ones though, would you? Because you got that no. gold. I'm trying to get another one of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying. You will. Yeah. Will, will you will. change anything, anything going after the second one? Like, will you make any adjustments or stick with what you know? And you know, I, I'm gonna stick with what I know. I've never been in that situation before. So it's kind of a learning curve for me. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is going back and not feeling like you have to defend anything. Um, I'm not here to defend anything. I've already done it. I'm going to go try to do it again and kind of put that that past thing out and go with punches this time. Are you going to wear the medal when you compete? No. I would. Absolutely. I think that's a bad call for what it's worth. I mean, I think the U.S. has a big presence when we're there. I mean, they just know what it takes for us to even qualify for this team. So The next one's in Paris, right? Yep. Absolutely wear it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think she should make it into a belt buckle. There you go. That's, yeah, Yeah. might be a thing. Belt buckle. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It'd be sick. Yeah, That's going to be awesome. 
Paris, mm-hmm. that's going to be a good time. You going to go home if they say you got 48 hours left? <laughs> no. They're not going to do that. Go Paris, off I don't think they care anymore over there. I know. <laughs> I know. That's why I kind of want to make another team just to have a non-COVID Olympics. Are you still in the military? No. Oh, well, so I'm off active duty. I got off October 1st and dropped down in the reserve. So, But were you still training at the same place? Um, That is to be determined. So th- there's somebody who might help me build a field close to my house. Um, we'll go back and forth and see what we're going to do. Oh, so you, you're not going to train at AMU anymore? No, I, I am not a part of that unit anymore. They don't just let you come out and hang out. I do. They, they let me come out some, but I mean, not full time. The, the guard get your medal. I'm sure they'll let you in. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that they don't host you to allow you to train for it. I mean, obviously they budget and ammo, whatever, but Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that they don't. Yeah, we're going to have those discussions. Maybe they'll see this video. (laughs) Hey, AMU. (laughs) Kevin Reed says. (laughs) Yeah. Let her train. No, they were super supportive of me getting ready for those games and stuff. So they always have a a close spot in my heart and um, anything I can do to help those guys, no problem. And if I have a field uh, in Phoenix City, then they could, you know, obviously come and shoot on the weekends and train and do whatever. So that's what you call the place of business, the field. Yeah. Field of dreams. The field. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's your shotgun cost? Um, that was actually my first car and it was about 13,000. 13,000. Mm. And what type? Explain. Yeah. What, so what I for? shoot a 12 gauge over and under um, and I shoot a Parazzi. So there's usually three guns that people choose. And when they get to our level, it's usually a Parazzi, a Beretta, or a Kragoff. Kragoff's out of Germany, and the other two are in Italy. Okay. And you prefer the, it's called a yep, Parazzi? Yeah, I shoot a Parazzi. What do you have here? What were you shooting at? Um, I was actually shooting an A400 with a tube on it, just for fun. What is, That's not what I compete with. <laughs> what is that, nine plus one that you were shooting? If you're just listening and not watching, you should see the, the gesture that she just made about the shotgun she was shooting today. What? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, thing, that piece of shit. No, no. <laughs> 13000 for your comp gun. Was provided or not provided by him? No, I bought my first one. Oh, that's right. So so, yeah, car. it was like my first car. Barazzi, you, had a, you bought it? Yeah, my first, my first gun that I shot, I bought. Damn. And then when you shoot well enough. Obviously, when I was in the military, I wasn't getting anything. But now we've signed... Other deals. Okay, I was about to say, like, I can make some calls. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've got this gal that's got a gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, they're out of Italy. And I was, so I went to a World Cup um, in May and early May. um, And I was actually able to go to the Parazzi factory and see how everything was made. And Mauro Parazzi was there and hosted everybody. So you just glossed over that. Just glossed over the World Cup. Yeah. How'd you do? No, I, you know, actually, so I went in a non metal position. I took a little bit of a break and I told myself I shot for like a week. Sorry, USA shooting. <laughs> I shot for like a week, went to this competition um, to qualify for the World Cups. And I told myself I was just going to try to make top six after not not training at all. Um, I was able to make fifth. And then one of the girls who's one of my good friends joined the military. So it moved me up to fourth place. Um, the medal positions are top three. Okay. So I went in a non-metal position. Well, the morning of the competition, like an hour before we were starting, they were like, hey, Amber, you're in. You're out of the bullpen. Like, you're competing. Like, what does that mean, non-metal position? So you, you're you not even el- You shoot like everybody else. You're going to shoot the same targets. You're going to be mixed in with everybody, but you're not eligible to win a medal. Mm, so even if you shoot really well or shoot really bad, say you're in the top six or eight for the final, you're going to be removed. Okay, we would so, like an explanation. 
that is our international committee. And why even show up? Well, that was the thing. I was like, man, should I or should I not? But it, it's I mean, really, for anyone. Like, is that how they always do? Like, why would yeah, anyone show but, up for that? So for juniors that are trying to get experience and stuff like that, uh, I mean, yeah. it, it is a good thing for them. And for me, I kind of use it as, well, maybe it's, maybe it's a way for me to test this and see if I still enjoy it. So okay. I was actually severely pissed off after the first day. And I was like, man, maybe I do have a little bit competitive, you know, side still left in me. So it motivated me to want to go further. So fifth to fourth to you're in the running. Yeah. She got sick that morning. One of the top three. Yeah. Okay. And so then I was like, oh shit, I have to totally change everything I'm thinking about. Like, Did you okay. like throw like a few too many back the night before? No, like, no. Like step no, I mean, I just it was just a whole different mindset. Like, oh, maybe I'm not as prepared for this as I would want, but. You pulled it, was, it out. Yeah, we did what we had to When's do. your next competition? Um, we have nationals here the first week of August. Where is that? That is going to be in Hillsdale, Michigan. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Hmm. Your it, face kind of lit up when you said that. Like, what's the backstory with Hillsdale? You have a story. Um, it's a new college that we're competing at. They're kind of hosting USA shooting now for a lot of matches. Uh, we used to hold matches in Colorado Springs. So that's the range that I grew up on. Everybody knew nationals was in Colorado Springs. So it's definitely a new adjustment for everybody and the whole team to be going to Michigan. So you're ready to go to your home, your backyard. Yeah, I mean, we're all kind of bummed that it's not in Colorado Springs, but maybe someday they'll open it back up. So that smile was like, going to fucking Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Michigan will be great. Yeah, I'm ready for, you. for sure. I'm going to train hard. Hell yeah, crush it. What and else? that'll determine uh, who makes the world championship team. So, Do you care about that? I do. You know, I feel like I I wasn't really serious about going into that last match and I was able to shoot a 240 out of 250. Um, I feel like I trained a lot. I'd be a, a little more, but I was still competitive. And just to make our national team was good enough at the time. Actually, what did bron- uh, silver and bronze shoot going back to your gold medal? You shot a 121 mm-hmm. out of 125. And that put me in the final and third. Okay. Um, the Chinese girl shot a 124 out of 125. So she was leading off. And the Italian, I honestly, I couldn't even tell you. Maybe she was a 122, mm-hmm. something like that. But we all start over from zero. And we go to the final. What were the, do you know what the final medal scores were? Yeah, I shot a 56. The Italian, I beat her by a one. And the Chinese girl got out before that. So she was really not happy. 56 of? 60. Okay. Yeah, so we shoot a whole different sequence for the finals. Gotcha. And why was the Chinese girl out? Because... out of the running? Yeah, so it's like pretty much sudden death. So we'll shoot 20 targets and whoever's lowest gets out. Mm -hmm. Next 10 targets, whoever's lower gets out. And so until everybody's eliminated, yeah, so she just... So if you just keep tying, what happens? Is that why you went to 60 instead of 30? No, it's a, it's, it's just their new sequence. I'm sure they're going to change it again for Paris. They're already talking about changing it, <laughs> trying to make it more TV friendly, even though no one knows what's going on. So <laughs> what, what was the sudden death thing? Did you get brief? Like, Hey, if, if everybody ties, how do you break that? Time? Yeah, you'll go through and shoot another series of targets. And, and, um, back then, so you, we would have a bib number. Mm-hmm. So based on your qualification, you'll be in number one spot and then you'll go to number two, number three, whatever. So say number four and number two tie, number four is automatically getting kicked out because they had a lower 
bib number. Okay. I don't like that rule. I know. I don't it's, either. And they're silly. changing it a lot. It used to be like that's whoever, not fair. Yeah, whoever shot fair. the most targets wins, but now they're kind of gaming it a whole different way. And so there's like an aggregate to it component. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of lame. That is. Yeah, lame. I don't like that. We used to just take the qualification and then the final score and add them together, and whoever shot the most. That's Where is this world championship taking place? The world championships is going to be in Croatia. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Do you know where in Croatia? Osijek. I don't know how you'd pronounce it. Osijek. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> you just made that up. I did just make that up. <laughs> like that, yeah. Croatia's great. amazing. Is that going to be in the summertime yeah. or when is that? Yeah, it's going to be, I think, September. Yeah, I think we should we go. Should, we should yeah. probably go. We should go. Yeah. 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 I and agree. Going. We'll teach you how to chirp. Perfect. Yeah, we'll teach you. We'll, we'll bring chirp into the, the yeah. shooting sports. We'll be like a uh, Billy Madison crew. Just cheering, well, cheering will, on yes. you and just heckling I will enter the stands pretending I'm at a baseball game. Yep. Yep. That'll be awesome. Have you been to a world championship before? I have. What is the vibe change from those to like the Olympics? Because I've always wondered that from World Cup to World Championship to Olympics. What's the... There is nothing like the Olympic stage. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought I knew what Nervous was. And then when you... And I was, you know, I'm like seasoned in the sport. I've been around for a while. And in the first day competition, like I could visibly see my gun shaking. Like you just couldn't even control it. And just really you had to go back to a pre-shot routine and how to calm yourself down and... Like, hey, I can talk myself out of this or I've trained really hard and what's it going to take to get the job done? So apples and oranges, totally different. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. not, that was the craziest. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Super Bowl <laughs> like, I, times 10. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to like throw up or <laughs> shit your pants. Like you have no idea. So it's the I've, same I've, feeling. I feel like everyone will tell you the same thing too. So I've done both. Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't a good feeling. Sometimes you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I've done both and never in the Olympics. <laughs> same. Did I mean, I, yeah, successfully did not have that happen, but. Oh, thank God. <laughs> have you ever seen people just like melt down? Just oh like, yeah. Just yeah. lose it. And then you also have to like realize that that's what they're doing and then not get wrapped up in what they're doing. I'm like, okay, well. Talk have you ever seen my puke? Oh yeah. Really? That's great. Anyone ever puke on the line? Um, like anyone puke like out like? Yeah, not really. Maybe if they're sick or something. But usually people kind of hide it or they won't eat. Or, you know what I mean? You know like, you, oh god. You know when you see somebody lift like doing a lift, a heavy lift, <laughs> yeah. and they just start projectile vomiting, no. but they complete the lift. Has that ever? No, no, no I haven't. Dead lift. I haven't right? seen yeah. that. No. Remember, we're not a super like physical sport. So. Still though, no. those nerves. Yeah, those nerves will get you. Yeah. It is. I don't know. When you're brushing your teeth a little bit in the morning, you have to like be careful and not throw up or whatever. <laughs> How do you sleep the night before the competition? Not well. Really? No, but you just kind of have to, you know, play tricks with yourself and realize like I've worked. Play what? My, play tricks with yourself. Oh, like okay. I've worked really hard for this. I deserve this. I'm ready now. Like I'm not going to put myself in that situation to yeah. ruin it. Uh, okay. Good. Do you say that to yourself in the mirror? Or how's that no, work? No, I mean just, no. <laughs> but like, do, like, do, do some people use like do you use like sports psychologists and stuff like that? I have before. Um, what is that like, please? Not a fan. I mean, there's probably somebody that could speak to you if you wanted to, but I just feel like the amount of time it takes to weed through like somebody and whether or not they're good or they know what the hell you're talking about, it was hard. So I just didn't. Talk, deal with it. <laughs> I don't talk deal with me it. through a session. 
Like number a, number psych- one, what, that's oh what I'm talking about. It's been so long what, since what, I've... What you talk about? <laughs> I've been, about? Number one, was the sports psych an actual athlete at some point? That's their- the issue is that it's like... <laughs> you get a 75-year-old dude yeah. like Steve. Like, I mean, so to be crazy. fair, like you, you can't just... To be a psychologist, you can't just talk to people that have your same experiences or else like there would just be... There'd be like... I'm a prison guard psych and I'm a soldier psych. I'm a sailor psych. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's how you yeah. really specialize if you were like a collegiate athlete, college, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But and the thing is, those that, those that can't do, teach. That's so just because you, you have, so there's people that can have a complex understanding of like the X's and O's of a sport, but no physical ability. Like Terry Bowden, who's coach at Auburn, um, he, there's no way he ever played football, but he, knew the game like the back of his hand. Hmm. So like psychologists and stuff, like they under, their job is to understand how the brain works, like how to deal with anxiety and stuff. Like they're not like a performance coach, but like they would sit you down. To, would they make you look at like the weird? Like, oh yeah, I've blocks, done. Like, what, oh, do you, what do you see here? When I lived at the Olympic Training Center years ago, they would force us to go to these sports psych sessions as a group. And I would get really irritated and like not take it as serious as some people, I guess. Because it's like pictures and how does this make you feel and everything. I'm like, fuck off. I, I really don't though. give a shit what that effect has on somebody else. Why am I sitting in a room listening to everyone else's problems to get like a new seed in people's heads? You it's know what I mean? called teamwork, Amber. Yeah. No, not really. I mean, it was just like, it was <laughs> not, not conducive for me. But I mean, other people... It has a great benefit for them. So, it's not really myself. Like you would be really good at chirping. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You're yeah. like, do you breathe? Sauce. Do you breathe in or out when you shoot? Yeah. Like, that's, 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 that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. That's, that's perfect. Because then they're like, yeah. Eh. Then you're like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's good. Too. It's good. I'm gonna use that. <laughs> See, I got old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you just gotta plant a seed of doubt. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It seems like you're flinching a bit when you're. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Don't worry. About it. You're fine. Yeah. Do you always? <laughs> you really insert your finger that deep on the trigger? What, 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 yeah, what, what there's are you so about? many things. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a whole theory about skeet shooting and how it affected tactical shooting. And I've been selling it as fact, but it's not. It's definitely my own bro science. Okay. That the C grip and the pointing and things that we do now kind of came from that because mm-hmm. it's more instinctive. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, the old donkey dick or, you know, foregrip and whatnot. I've been selling it as fact for years, yeah. but I don't think it's warranted. It does make sense because you're pointing, right? Yeah, pointing. Yeah. I could point, I could point yeah. everything. I mean, your foot placement is completely different with a shotgun and like you're not like engaged. It's going to keep <laughs> playing this up. It's, it's, it? it's, it's not an isosceles triangle. It's, it's a whole different. No, no, no. I'm sorry. We're real combat shooters. Isosceles triangle. I'm sorry. <laughs> Squared up to the range, like two feet on a flying. Yeah, but like, that's like, you know. You want us to so hold one wrist? Talk to, to me. <laughs> you want us to do this too? <laughs> that's actually, wait, hold, on, hold on, that's the weaver. There's actually a reason. How, do you know how the weaver stance was invented? I, I know that the weaver, when somebody posted some shit recently, <laughs> the actual weaver, and mm-hmm. it looks nothing like the jokes we've been making for like 20 years or more. It was a cop in like Boston with a broken arm and his arm was in a cast. And that's the only one. Really? And he was super accurate, but it took him four seconds. Yeah, and his, his field of shot field was like really wide open on one side and closed on the other. <laughs> See, I feel like, what's your stance look like? Kind of a fighting position? Like, you're yeah, I mean, any if I were to teach somebody who was going to shoot, I would say like, like you're going to punch somebody. You're not going to shoot off your heels or hmm. hit somebody yeah. off your heels. But wouldn't isn't there's more weight on one foot, right? Your no, foot. I'm like center. Oh, I'm, you're center. Yeah, weight's kind of centered. 
Any more brain busters over there, Mr. Shotgun? <laughs> We're going to see. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> I, when, I, when I taught it, being professionally. Well, absolutely. Yeah. You know, left foot forward, fighting position, weight on the toes. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. As if I could slide a dollar bill underneath your heel on a flat surface. I have a question. How many times in y'all's career did you shoot your gun on like perfectly flat ground and most squared of the- up <laughs> and all that stuff? Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. Most of the time. Not in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. A little more hilly, a little no. more, a few more rocks. I could tell you a, a very, very, very small fraction of the shots that I've taken in combat was I laying in the prone. But I'm talking about like uneven footing positions, like just kind of like all wonky and stuff. Like Not just, really. No. 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 It kind of looks like you try. Well, you teach it. Yeah. Like yeah. standing, some version of kneeling, some sort of cover, consuming, utilization. Did you ever shoot from the bottom of a squat position? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I love that position. How'd you squat? <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's awesome. I would rather do that than kneel. Really? Yeah. The only question is elbows in or out. I'm an in guy. Inside yeah, in, inside. All right. Some weirdos put them on the outside. They're, they're like dudes who can dunk a basketball. Well, tall it, or like the body armor or whatever. Too much yeah, kid, yeah. too much shit. You do realize that the visual from someone that was never in the military, like picturing you like in the bottom of a squat. <laughs> it's quite funny. It's a, it's a funny visual. It does look funny, but it's it's pretty good. It's effective and it's honestly, fast. it's fast to get out of. It's fast, yeah. Really? That's important. Mm-hmm. Fast in, fast out. Yeah. 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 Can we try shooting shotguns that way? Sure. Yes. I'll shoot a 240 <laughs> like that. <laughs> have you uh, ever done that with a 240? I have not done it with a 240. I've done it with a Mark 48, though. No, uh, from the 40, 46. I've never done it with a 48. Yeah. It, I fell over. <laughs> 7605. Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Didn't complete I didn't lift. maintain it. It didn't knocked me over. Lift. Yeah. Knocked me over. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. You may have talked about it, but did when you came in to be in the AMU, did you have to go to basic training? I did. Yeah, I went to be, uh, basic and then I went to OCS. Federal OCS and Fort Benning. Were, were you just school. like throughout basic training when they were like trying to, you know, make, were yeah. you like, come on, man, I'm just here to, I'm just going to get on the AMU, dude. Like, leave me alone. No, I'm, you just I don't, don't want them, you don't want anyone to know that's where you're going. Oh, really? <laughs> like, oh, really? No. Oh, I would have. You're ruined. No. What did but you they, come in as? So I came in as a logistics officer. I joined through the reserves. There was a whole reason for it. Um, here we go. It took a lot of paperwork and time and me kind of doing the homework to figure out how to get through there. Um, I joined through the reserves. It was me just trying to have the least amount of time off of the gun before I could go back in. Um, so like I said, I went in in 2017 knowing that I was going to have a full year off. So I joined through the reserves. I had everything kind of mapped out, but I still had to go through a basic OCS and Bullock. What was your rank when you came in? Did you start Second with- lieutenant. Yeah, your- once you go through Bullock. No, no, no. No, once you go training. through, once you, no, you're a, a specialist. Okay. Then you go through OCS, then you commission, and then you go through Bullock. The reason I ask is I, I don't know. I don't speak officer, nor do I ever care to. Or, I don't really either, but yeah. yeah. You got I'm something just, in common? <laughs> I was at MEPS, right? A million years ago. I'm half naked, and there's a dude that's tattooed from his feet all the way up to his neck, right? He's an E5. I'm like, how the fuck is he an E5? Not to mention the tattoos and everything else. He was a cook. Apparently, he's hmm. like a super... Top, you know, from second down, whatever that ranking is for for cooks. Then there's another. Those dude, are called chefs. Chef, cook, whatever. Yeah. The other dude. Culinary specialist. Was yeah. An E five, <laughs> and he was a trumpet player. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing, but I got in the yeah. band. There, yeah. there are. Yeah, okay. like you wow. can, if you're a crazy concert cellist or violinist mm-hmm. or whatever, you can come into the army as like an E seven. Yeah. Did yeah. you know Lucas O'Hara was a flautist in the color guard? What's a f- 
I, if you didn't I don't know who Lucas is. A flutologist. He played the flute. He's a flutologist. I was like, what the hell was that? yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that was after, though. That was like, he did that after. He was a flute player. Yeah, yeah. But he learned that in the army. What'd you call him? A flautist. Flautist. That's not what I heard. Just imagine, think of the George Washington triangle hat. He was in the... He was in the old... It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, but still, it's a flute. He's 6'8". <laughs> oh shit! Oh, good. Six seven. I mean, because but he said, "Oh God, I got to tell this story." So they're all <laughs> super, super tall. Yeah. And um, they you know and they go and they do the colors and play all this stuff. And um, <clears throat> I'm telling it. Uh, they would play all kinds of different things. And um, one year they uh, you're gonna laugh. You're gonna laugh really good. Uh, they went and played a um. It was a um, a, uh, a choral thing where all the chorus thing where all the kids sang, but it was for a, a Tourette syndrome convention. <laughs> and he said, he said that he had to basically get stitches in the inside of his cheeks because he just sucked his cheeks in and bit down as hard as he could because he'd be singing, and then all of a sudden they would say something. This, this is not like fifteen. <laughs> this is not fifteen kids with Tourette's. This is hundreds of them. What? <laughs> we'll get him on the phone. Why and would they sing, do that? And they're singing. Listen, they're singing. They just said it was a constant barrage of outbursts. I'm sure you can get some creative stuff out of a crowd like and that. He, but no, the, the, and he bit his he bit the inside of his cheeks so hard and hurt himself. Stitches. And literally, like flowing blood in his mouth to keep from laughing. <laughs> That's discipline. How did he play the flute like that? But it, just... but it's. I think in this thing he was holding the flag. But it's, it's called. A, I think it's called like maybe it's called breaking colors or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And that you cannot. It's never happened. It does not happen. No matter what, you don't do it. Oh, I'd be terrible. And he was like, he's like, I just bit my cheeks to like just chunks of meat were coming. <laughs> like, just because he's like they're singing and all of a sudden, blah, 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 just these outbursts. <laughs> That's, that's amazing. That's pretty amazing. Pretty spectacular. Do you still keep in contact with any of the people you went to like basic training or any of that stuff with? Um, a few. Not very much, though. So, no. Okay. More Bullock than anything else, but. What, where Bullock. are they? What are they doing now? All your all, fellow yeah. loggies. All what are over. they doing? I mean, they're all over. When I was at the Olympics, like some of them would hold up, hold up a newspaper and they're in Afghanistan and they're like, hey, I'm like, oh my God. U.S. Army experiences vary. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Um, Okay, so to the nitty-gritty, you have to have a decent medic story, if not great medic story from your time in that. Oh, yeah. What what years, what time frame was that? Um, So I graduated in 2012. Yep. Um, I was an EMT for two years before that. Okay. Um, So, yeah, 2010-ish until I went to basic, 17. And? Um, yeah, I had, uh, all sorts of stuff up in Woodland Park. That was kind of when shit would hit the fan in the summers. Cause it was like all trauma related. And sometimes you have to get on dirt bikes with firefighters and ride back. She can't get an ambulance back there. Hmm, that sounds fun. Um, really? yeah. And then, um, yeah, we would have hour and a half, two hour transports up there. If you're past fluorescent and everything and then snow, I mean, you can't fly sometimes and those, so. Shit really hit the fan. That's where I learned to like, you know, keep your composure and be like a duck. But um, yeah, I had some good calls. I used to work early mornings, like 5 a.m. And uh, we had a call. I don't know where it was. 
Elcott. You know where that is? Mm. East side, Colorado Springs. Kind of. It was like for a, a neck laceration. We're like, this is bullshit. You know, everything that comes across, you're like, this is not what's going to happen when we show up on scene. But then they, I don't know what the update was. It was so long ago. It was enough to where I was like, maybe we should put, you know, flight on standby. We'll just put them on standby. And then when I get there, I'll decide. And uh, when we showed up, it was me. I was like a, a baby little paramedic and I had one other person with me. And so it was an EMT and we showed up. I was like, everything was caution taped off and everything or crime scene stuff. I was like, what the fuck? This is not a neck, a neck lack. You know what I mean? Like someone get their head cut off. Or, um, but yeah, it was an attempted murder suicide, and oh. and uh, f- volunteer fire was already there, and so I walked in, and the cop was like, almost kind of looked at me like I was too small or like girly to be a paramedic. You know what I mean? Kind of like, can you handle this little girl? <laughs> <laughs> I get that all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, same effect. Um, um he was like, it's really bad, and so I was like, okay, well, can I see the patient? <laughs> you know, like, what am I yeah. looking at? And so I walk into this house, and like I said, it was early morning, like Sunday morning, early. And uh, yeah, it was a weird, like, it was like 6 a.m., I think, mm-hmm. 6.30 maybe. Were they hoarders? No, the house was really well kept. Like, I just remember the house being like super white and, you know, just clean and stuff like that. Nothing disheveled. Like, so I walked into the room, and it was, I'm like big into horror movies and, and scary movies and stuff. And it was probably like one of the worst scenes I've ever seen. There was like blood all over the walls, all over the bed, all over the carpet, like everything. Like a like, murder scene. Yeah. What the fuck just happened in here? A murder suicide. Yeah. Attempted. And so then I see like the There's fire, the firefighters were volunteer firefighters and their eyes were like huge. I'm like, hey, I'm Amber. Like, how's it going? You know, what's going on? Can you talk to me? You know, just try to be like calming, you know, what the fuck? Like yeah, we didn't yeah. do this, so <laughs> we're gonna get through it. But um and so they could barely get it out. And there was uh like a middle-aged male kind of on his back with his knees up. So automatically it was like, well, he can already support his legs. So what's He's the next what's the next patient? You know what I mean? Like he can hold his legs up. And then there was this woman, um, she was totally naked, laying like this against the the cabinet in the bathroom. You could tell she like crawled in there. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm Amber. How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And kind of got the EMT to move over. And like that way I was going to tell them what I needed. And um, and the EMT had put a bunch of stuff over her neck and he had sliced her ear to ear. Ooh. I was like, well, that's an easy crack. Yeah, <laughs> like, we already have that. So do that. Yeah, my partner came in. I'm like, you need, we need to. Two helicopters. And, through her windpipe and everything. Oh, yeah. Everything. Oh. I see trade deal rings and stuff. What, did she have vitals? Was she still... You said attempted. Yeah. So she had no radial pulses or anything like that. I'm okay. saying, well, we're going to see. Like, she's still... And so I was like, you know, trying to talk to her. And she was like, could not even get words out. I'm like, don't worry about it. You know, we're going to get you taken care of and blah, blah, blah. I was like, we probably need to RSI her. But mm. so I was like, I'm going to let flight do that because they're going to do their continued care. And then the guy was totally batshit crazy. So I tended to her first. My partner went with a dude. And he was like nuts, trying to write in blood the stuff. What, what, like, age, what age are these people? I would say like young 40s. Oh. I thought she was Hispanic. Okay. I wrote that on my stuff, like my mm-hmm. report and everything. And when we got there, they said there are three little kids missing. I'm like, oh, Ooh, shit. 
like, please do not let me find dead babies or something in here. You know what I mean? Like, not today. It's Sunday morning. Like, fuck. Um, but they, so I was like, you know, I normally would never check up on patients, but she's one that I went and visited like three days later because she was still in the ICU. Mm. And they had, they had fixed everything and she was like able to speak at oh, that point. Shit. Not Damn. solid, but they, I mean, it's incredible. And when I went into the room, I asked the nurse because I was still in uniform working later. Um, I, she was like, oh, that's where the patient is. And it was a, a African-American woman. And I was oh, like, yeah, I'm so in the fucking blood. wrong Super room. You know that I'm in the wrong room. She was like, no, you're not. That's the patient. I'm like, wow. yeah. That's so, pretty gnarly. Yeah, blood loss does weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Uh, but it was crazy. cool to be able to sit there and like talk to her and her mom because obviously, you know, they're not going to remember what was going on. And that's why I was like, do you have any questions for me? You know, I was the first person on scene. So it was really cool. There's a nice. story for you. There's a safe. Shock <laughs> yeah. that safe. I mean, that's a great story. They you both saved survived life, and then like, he went to prison. So, yeah. yeah I mean, I think that's the hot point. Did you ever wrap it on that? Did you ever yeah. check on like toxicology? Was he fucked up? Um, he went to a totally different hospital and I really have any desire to. They're like, do you want to read notes? I'm like, no, not really. I always wonder. I get curious, like, what made this person just break? I didn't even have time to read shit like that that day, but it was cool. When you you were doing your uh, pararescue man training, you had to do like ER rotations, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, we, once you're done with your paramedic and whatnot, which is this condensed thing, you do rotations. It's actually kind of a fucking nightmare because you're working on a consistent fire shift. And then on your days off, you're getting all your other clinicals and yeah. they're assigned to you. Yeah, it's you're a lot. Like 24-hour shift in the fire department. Hey, tomorrow you're going ICU 08 to, you know, 1700 to get A, B, and C. And you basically have a checklist. Like you're trying to get X amount of, you know, intubations or crikes or whatever the fuck. Oh, okay. It, it sucks. Where did, where did you do yours? Albuquerque. Ah. Albuquerque's great. Yeah, a lot of, a lot yeah. of meth, right? Yeah, a lot of lot of drug things. Drug things, but yeah. like drug things are drug things. You just do the Narcan thing, or wh- whatever, depending on what they're on. But Albuquerque probably has some good like violence too. Yes, right? and know? I was on an end. What end was that? Like ninety something street. It was shit. I mean, we <laughs> yeah. had a we had several of- streets where like if you get a call, you're like someone's dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tons of stuff. <laughs> another day. Gunshots and like all the things. Yeah, I got to do a lot actually. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty fun experience. The first time I needle deed a guy, I'm like, oh man. You like how they have to shorten it? Needle deed. Needle deed. <laughs> it's too, it takes too long to say compression. Needle decompression. Um, That's what y'all sound like talking about army stuff. But <laughs> 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 worse. Probably. At least the word needle is a noun. <laughs> in, in, in the English lexicon. That's true. So, okay, with penetrating trauma, blah, 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 it doesn't matter. You've seen it in the movies. Remember yeah. the Mark Wahlberg Yeah, movie? but you did a needle decompression. Because, like, every time we trained that, like, they, you know, as a— uh, RFR or like, whatever. Oh, you got yeah, trained to do that. that. And I was like, there ain't no fucking way I'll be able to do this. <laughs> yeah. Like, come yeah, yeah. on. Well, I had a symptomatic dude. And again, I also have a, like a super seasoned paramedic, you know, mentor that's with me. That's mm-hmm. his job in the fire department is to make sure I don't fuck anything up. But I'm thinking this can't be comfortable. This guy isn't going to like it at all. He was shot three times, two in the abdomen and one in the pelvis, right? No big bleed. Like there was nothing big going on there. Um, however, he was symptomatic and required this in, this intervention did he need it 100%? Why not? Yeah, but once you put a hole in there, how are they going to know he didn't already have one? Well, you know, <laughs> they one always was... said, like, trust it. If you put a hole in somebody, then we'll but fix it. <laughs> I, I, I didn't walk away with like, oh, my God, that was amazing. What I walked away with was the fact that he didn't react at all. Uh, I think he was, he was just staring into the sky. Mm. Well, the back of the ambulance, staring at the roof. 
And I thought that he would like grimace or move yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. And I'd sink it in him and I'd do my thing with the little saline doohickey and whatever. It works or it's doing what it's supposed to do. But he didn't budge. And I remember Maybe thinking, he felt relief. <laughs> I think he was thinking about prison already. Oh. That's That was my takeaway. Like mm-hmm. this dude is thinking about going to jail. He doesn't give a fuck about that little 14 gauge needle going in his chest. But <laughs> how, yeah, how many gunshots would you say you saw in your I, seven years? You know what? I have no idea. I would say the worst gunshots I had were from 22s. Yeah. Huh. To the brain. Oh, that's because they don't leave. Yeah. yeah. Interesting presentations with that stuff. Huh. Ah, wow. I never saw a successful 22 suicide. I did firefighter uh, yeah. things before the army. Yeah. We had a serial suicide attempter, right? This lady. She was uh, known by the other firefighters in this little dinky town where I grew up. And I did my academy and then mm-hmm. I volunteered part-time, whatever. Then I went in the army. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But this lady shot herself in the mouth with a 22. And the guys picked her up. I wasn't on that call. But they got a hold of the x-ray. And the 22 yep. just rode we had a case like that too. all the way around yep. and just sat. Did the, nothing. She's fine. Totally fine. Oh. She attempted another one, <laughs> which is wildly inappropriate to share, but we're gonna. <laughs> I guess the guys roll up, right? And, you know, the reason why there's probably so many people at your particular, that particular mm-hmm. story is anytime there's a weapon present, cops have to go oh, and yeah. do cop things first, you know, and then it's just get medical care as soon as you can. Same thing. So, again, the second-hand story. Dudes roll up and... Cops are there. The cops are like, help yourself. She's laying in a bathtub, completely nude. Why are they always calm as a Hindu cow? And what is going on? And this is stealing that one. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is um, the suicide. Same lady. She's got like maybe two inches, if I remember right, of wood handle hanging out of her vagina. Right. <laughs> we get a hold of that X-ray. It was a twelve-inch bread knife. Oh, Holy cow, what shit. A psycho. Yeah, crazy's crazy. Do they get it yeah. out and she survived another yeah. day to be crazy? Yeah. Crazy yeah. is crazy, man. Like, yeah. second half story. My dad, when he retired out of the army, he worked shortly at a mental hospital. So oh. He was like mm. a medic in the army. He worked, they had a guy in his ward that they had to keep like chained to his, a bed because the dude would eat himself. Oh. He'd eaten all his fingertips off, he ate his own oh. tongue. He would constantly chew on the insides of his cheeks. Oof. And like... Poor guy. Yeah, wild. That's a freaking Super horrible way to go You think they could drug them yeah. down enough to make Yeah, him- I mean, he was medicated, but like the points in times when he, when he wasn't, yeah. Yeah, he awful. ate his fingers. He was hungry. Yeah. He's a vampire or a zombie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah super interesting. Mm. Yeah, but you see weird shit. That's nasty. But the kid thing... It's also why I concealed carry after um, some of the stuff we saw. There's yeah. crazy people everywhere. And you yeah, you don't want to eat your fingers. What do yeah. you carry? I, I I need to carry more, but just a normal nine. Okay, what, what a kind normal of, nine we're, is that a brand name? Nerds. Oh, you don't want to. You don't want to. I just have an MVP shield. Yeah, same. That's it. Oh, I yeah. thought okay. I thought you would get in trouble with no, no, paparazzi no, no. or whatever no, no, shotgun no. you shoot. No, I should carry more. That's the problem. I get mm-hmm. kind of lazy and keep it in my car, or you don't want to. The know. gun you don't have is the. Gun I know. You don't have. I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, but when you're talking about the kid thing, that was always a fear of mine. So my dad worked on the same department. Yeah. And he had to do the old like baby in the cradle thing. Mm. And I can't remember if he said there was actually a kid or not, but he just, I remember as a, as a kid, he was like, I was always terrified because he had small kids, you know, me and my brother and whatnot. I was a, doing a car accident and it was a minivan that mm. rolled. And I can't remember when I saw it, 
but we curbed the car or whatever the fuck. And then I climbed up and I was going to go through the slider. This was the easiest access point. It's on its side. And I crawled up and I looked down and I could see, and it was, it was kind of dark. I don't, I think it was about the like sunset ish and it's in the tree line and whatnot. And I looked down and I can see legs, right? <laughs> about that long. And I was like, fuck. Cause that, who knows? Maybe it yeah. bounced around in there. I didn't see a car seat. I'm like, God damn it. I got the kid thing. Like I just yeah. never wanted the kid. I'll say, I'd love to save a kid. Great. But I just didn't want to deal with it. So I cruise down, climb in, I grab it. It's one of those like Chucky sized dolls. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's a fucking. Thank God. I like grab it. Should have kicked oh, it. It's like, oh, so gonna, my I'm, stomach, I'm not telling uh, that story. <laughs> <laughs> my stomach and my balls are just in my throat <laughs> as I'm just reaching them. I'm like, oh, thank God. It's just a squishy plush toy. I was relieved to say the least. No, thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm entertained over here. Yeah. I do have some clarity on Lucas. I sent a text and it was 25 kids. <laughs> so it means the room is small. That's a lot different than hundreds of direct kids. Uh, yeah, but, but it's way more intimate that way. That's <laughs> true. I, I have a story. You ready for this story? Yeah. All right. So I'm teaching a firearms course or selection or whatever. And we have a dude on the firing line, day one. And the story is much longer and totally worth it. Anyways, <laughs> there's a dude on the line. And First day, same thing. You want kind of a quantifiable starting position. Hey, arms at your sides. I think we started with M4 pistol. It doesn't matter. And, I, and all of a sudden I hear, shit, fuck, woo. I'm like, are you excited? I was, and I have like a little microphone and there's a speaker thing over here. I'm like, I'm excited too. <laughs> However, this dude had what I would consider moderate Tourette's. I had never even thought about metabolizing Tourette's and firearms. And what that's like. When he was shooting a course of fire, no Tourette's. It, it could be long, too. It could be, let's say it was, um, I don't know, a 10-shot string on multiple targets, just as an example. It would stop. He would shoot it. And then he would, shit, fuck, boo! Like, just again. I'm like, this is amazing. So, he, he fails the first day. And obviously, I'm not going to mention names or anything. It's not worth it, but. He, he fails and he's in the truck with me and he's, the, the Tourette's are, they're in full, 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 blast. full, full blast, swing, full blast. <laughs> and I stopped the truck. I actually put my pistol under my leg, right? I pulled my shield out and I was like, I, cause I don't know this person. Yeah. Right. And he may, I don't know what's going on in his head. Obviously he's, he's got mannerisms Having that, something are, going- that are interesting. So I'm like, I don't, don't want to have to dump this dude. Put my pistol on my leg. He gets in, we drive for a little bit. Cause the dudes were like, Hey, let's box him up and send him home, like, right now. Yeah. Unknown, scary dude. We're in the truck. He never told anybody that that's, like, what the it, fuck was wrong gets, with him? Like, why wouldn't he warn people? It gets so like, much better. What? He was warning everyone. We, we, <laughs> yeah, not the right way. It wasn't warning, it was announcing. He, <laughs> he announced in dramatic fashion. So, anyways, just under the leg, in the thing, driving back. He's sitting next to me, and he's talking about, like, how fucked up this is. But then he's like, fuck <laughs> And he's like doing these serious fucking reactions. And I stopped the car and I was like, hey, man, I, I don't know you. You don't know me. I go, but how you behaved or how you behave from now until the point where you maybe are given the ability to attempt this course again is going to be decided by and large on how you conduct yourself. He reins it all back in. So he's like, <laughs> you know, <it's>, everything's. Poor <laughs> <laughs> But he, he dials it down quite a bit. Fast forward. I'm walking through REI. He's walking towards me. 
Now, this is a month, maybe six weeks later. And I'm not thinking about this person. It's long gone. That course is started and finished. He's walking, like motoring, like he's range walking through REI. We pass this close. I'm looking directly at him and he's going, and he doesn't recognize me <laughs> at all. He doesn't? Nope. And at the time I had a bigger beard. Like I can't, I look, it's my same stupid face all the time. Like that's what it looked like. Doesn't notice me straight by. Next day he's back in the class, right? He gets through everything, passes everything. The testing, the first day. Usually yeah. that's where we weed out a bunch. I talked to my supervisor and I said, we need to talk to him in your office one-on-one. So we sit down and- the How old started. was he? 35. Okay. Maybe six, I don't know, something like that. So I'm like, hey, I got to talk to this dude. It's going to be a medical question because I think that's warranted. So we sit down and he's sitting there. He's got a big scar on his head, right? I said, hey, man, we just need to talk to you about, you know, the safety and how you're able to conduct yourself with your condition. I was trying to be very kind about it. And he goes, oh, what are you talking about? And I go, I go, sir, uh, I don't know if it's clinically diagnosed, but it seems as though you have Tourette's. And he goes, oh, no, my doctor said it's a mild tick. <laughs> I was like, a mild tick is when your eye twitches like this. Right. I did this. I go, what you're doing is something more severe than that. I'm like, thinking, how are you going to brief? How are you going to fast forward? He passes everything. He keeps his shit together. He would actually do a brief. Could be 45 minutes. And I mean, it, a substantial brief never happened one time. Oh, and then weird. as soon as he would relax, he'd go back to mm. that, whatever that is. And I'm not talking shit about mm. you. Just it's a fucking funny story. Now we're in advanced carbine and he's shooting drills and whatnot. And it became a thing because nobody heard me tease him the first time. Like the, I'm excited too. And he gives out a shit. And he throw it out there. And I was like, all right, man, save your questions to the end, sir. <laughs> we're all excited to be here. Nice. And he, he probably fucking hates me. And now he's gonna it's going to be so much worse. Uh, but whatever, fuck it. It was funny. Poor guy. Shit, fuck Will. No, he passed. He went to the field. Shit, I fuck Will. Start doing that. Shit, yeah, fuck Will. Yeah, shit, fuck Will. It was a lot. SFW. I'm trying not to, let, to yell at you. Only when I'm excited, Woo. though. Not when I'm as yeah, calm as a Hindu cow. Uh, anyways, that's my thanks. Uh, Shitfuck Woo is a good way to wrap it up. Amber, how can people find you on the socials and whatnot? Yeah, follow me on Instagram at Amber English, and I'm gonna be a lot more active now that I'm off of active duty. So awesome, you'll get a whole different side. Right on, right on. Fantastic, appreciate you. Thanks for thanks. It's fun. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. That concludes today's training. Any questions? Woo! Drum titties, boy!